Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. It's time for another edition of So I Married a Movie Geek. In this non-Titanic episode, which I'm very sad about, because it's not Titanic-related, I will be your host, Chrissy McQueen. Justin Winters will accompany me, and he'll be very happy that we're not talking about Titanic, yes? So happy. Because <laughs> that was a long podcast last week, y'all. Not as long as the movie, though. <sighs> Justin. That would be impossible. I saw it again. Oh, I know. With no intermission this time. I would have liked it. To be that way when I saw it. You enjoyed the pee break. I didn't need it. I was like, let's do this. <laughs> let's get this badness out of the way. Did you like put, strap on your Depends like that one woman who like drove across the country with I, a I, diaper I, on? I refused to talk. What? <laughs> she like drove across the whole U.S. Yeah, um, with a diaper. <laughs> I refuse to talk about Titanic anymore. Okay, well... I feel like this weekend I saw a lot of movies, which is fine because I didn't actually feel great. So it was like, yay, perfect weekend to watch movies. In addition to watching Titanic for the umpteenth time, thanks for coming with me, Kim Udall. We saw, you and I that is, uh, one of the, I almost said Freaky Friday, but it's not, Friday the 13th movies. <laughs> Freaky Friday the 13th. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. <laughs> and basically, guys, this is the way Justin asked me. Which of the movies I wanted to oh see? Oh my god, I'm Jason. I have to kill people. This is freaky. <laughs> no, you didn't do it like that. But that's funny. He basically was like, okay. No, I was talking about Freaky Friday I know. the 13th. No, I know. I got it. I was having fun. Chrissy, do you want to watch, not Freaky Friday, Friday the 13th? Or... Friday the 13th, the crazy one, where, like, everything's just crazy? <laughs> or Friday the 13th, my favorite one? And my response was, um... Well, because you, you haven't seen any of them. Then you paused and went, do you know anything about Friday the 13th? And I said, guy named Jason? He wears a mask? And you're like, but do you know what happens? And I went, no. And you were like, okay. All right. Oh, my God. I don't know which one we're going to watch. Okay, I got it. Three days later, you were like... I definitely was not exci as, as excited as you may... <laughs> you were at the time. And no, then three days later, like, you were like... Which one do you want to watch? We got to watch this movie. I'm like, which one did you decide on? You're like, the crazy one's my favorite. I'm like, well, which one is it? I don't know. I think it's like four, number four. I'm like, well, how am I going to know, understand anything that happened... If it's already the fourth movie, you're like, I'll explain it to you. Did I say it like that? Totally did. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. And then, Justin, will you please... Hands are on fire. What's up? Nah, uh Will you explain again to me mm -hmm. the preface to movie number four for perhaps our audience members who, like me, either aren't familiar with the franchise or can't remember off the top of their head what happened in the first three that set the stage for the fourth. So, Jason was like... We're looking, 
and he went to this <laughs> camp called Crystal Lake when he was a kid, but he supposedly drowned because the counselors weren't watching, paying attention. They're too busy doing drugs and having sex and dancing. <laughs> and so in the first one, his mom like killed a bunch of people as revenge. And then she got her head chopped off at the end of the first movie. And in the second movie, he <laughs> he came back for revenge for his mom's head getting chopped off. But how did he come back if he died as a kid in the pool and that's why this whole thing happened in the first place? I don't think he was dead. I can't remember. Again, as a kid, I really didn't like the Friday the 13th movies. I liked the Nightmare on Elm Street movies more just because they were funnier. Okay. <laughs> I just liked Freddy as a character more as Jason. So, like the Nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street, I've seen several times each, but Friday the 13th, I've seen like the original maybe like four or five times. Okay, so your understanding is that miraculously Jason comes back and perhaps has been alive this whole time. But now he's going to avenge his mom who avenged but he's him. Ugly. He's like uglier than he was like when he was a kid. <laughs> and then... So, basically throughout the series, he keeps getting killed, and then he actually does get killed, but he comes back because of, like, lightning or something. What? It goes from, like, being crazy, like, just crazy guy coming back to, like, zombie Jason, basically, midway through the series. Oh. And then he gets, like, really crazy zombie at the, towards the end, and then he goes to space. <laughs> Which is, which is also one of my favorites just because it's so random. Like, he's in space. It's Jason X. Wasn't there a movie a few years ago with Freddy versus Jason? Yeah, and then there's Freddy versus Jason. Like, it's become is, laughable. Was that in space? Because last I checked, he was in space. Um, well, these, neither of those two had really anything to do with each other except for Jason having to be in, like, the main character. <laughs> no, first he was in space, but there was no, conti- there's not, like, there's not continuity at all, usually. <laughs> Especially towards the end. Like, he was... He went to hell. Like, it was like, Jason goes to hell. And then he was in space somehow. And then he was fighting... Space hell! And then he was fighting Freddy. <laughs> That's why I was like... When that came out a few years ago, I'm like, Didn't, don't they die a few times? How did they come back? How are they fighting each other? Yeah. I mean, it's like... It just gets stupider and stupider. Sort of like Child's Play. <laughs> like, we saw the first Child's Play. It's kind of creepy. Second one... It's still kind of creepy, but it's kind of getting really a lot more funnier than creepy. The third one, he, like, married another creepy doll by voice by Jennifer Tilly. And then the next one, they had kids, like, creepy doll kids. <laughs> she had a baby. Oh, my God. Anyway, so therefore, I, like, Jason, I like the first one. Um, I think J- the, Jason Takes Manhattan is, like, really random and strange. Dude, there's an actual Jason Takes Manhattan. That's the name of the movie. <laughs> yeah, but like the first three fourths of it, he spends there's like on a cruise ship going to New York City, and then he finally, dangerous. And then he finally gets there, and you're just like disappointed. Like he really doesn't take it. Like I wanted him to take it. <laughs> Was this like in Ghostbusters Two where they take the Statue of Liberty and it goes? We'll have to watch that one. Anyway, so <laughs> um, we're gonna wait. Yes. What's the point? Oh. <laughs> I was asking you to lead up to So we watched four, four <laughs> which is supposed to be the final chapter. But apparently it was not. It wasn't final enough. 
<laughs> space was the final final. I think the next one was, uh, I think five was a new beginning. Like, I always forget the subtitles. Which is weird because at the end of four, he's literally chopped in half in the head. I don't know how you come back from that. Well, that's what I'm saying. As it goes on, it gets more incredulous. But it's almost like a soap opera at this point where, like, nobody ever actually dies and they come back, like, three years later wearing a wide-brimmed hat. Well, I don't think it, I don't know if it's the next one, five or six, but somewhere a girl like Carrie with, like, telekinetic powers comes in and starts just really screwing with Jason. Like, ah! He's like, whoa! Wait, what? Yeah. She moves things <laughs> she in goes, her mind. Ah, and he goes, whoa! And she's like, ah! And he's like, whoa! Like, moving. She had telekinetic powers. What does she move? She can move objects with her mind. Right, but what objects that, like, freak him out? <laughs> like, hockey sticks, hockey pucks. <laughs> <laughs> so she's a hockey player? She could, like, ram him with a. You know, some farm machinery or something. Oh, so she's trying to inflict bodily harm. It's not like she's just like, she moved the DVD player. Well, yeah, she wasn't having like a tea party with him or something, Chrissy. <laughs> she, she's like lightly tapping, tapping him on the shoulder with a pillow. Like, I hurt you. Are you hurt? I don't want to inflict bodily harm. I just want to like tap you, tap you. And then let's go for some ice cream. <laughs> He's willing to kill her. No, but you didn't say that. You were just like, so this one chick moves stuff and it like totally freaks him out. Dude, <laughs> every Jason movie is him versus someone else. <laughs> like in this one that we watched, it's him, <laughs> a bunch of stupid teenagers, and a young Corey Feldman who happens to live next door. But in my head, like I kind of like imagine him just standing in the middle of the room with the mask like, whoa, dude, I'm totally freaked out by this chick. She's moving a DVD player. Uh, oh, I'm sure there's that. I can't. I haven't seen it in uh, 20 years or whatever. So, I'm sure. I'm sure that scene's in there. So, why did you choose number four out of apparently this entire crazy franchise? Um, I think because it's. I think it was the first one I actually saw. Oh. Like, Were you all seven? I, I, obviously, I, I think I was not even on this earth when the first one came out. I think it was like 79? Yeah, this one was what, 84? No, no, no. This one's like 87 or 88. This one? No, it was not. It was 82 or 84 for sure. What? Yeah, it was early 80s. Okay, so, yeah. I, I don't know what the date was, but I think this was the first one I saw. And then I went back to the first one and watched the first three. The third one was in 3D, I think only in theaters. Of course. I think it's funny how in this particular one, they try to tie in some sort of significant plot line, like he goes back to the camp where everything all started in the first one, and now he's going to take his revenge. But really, it's just like guy in a mask goes and kills a whole bunch of teenagers. There's got to be some kind of any inner drama going on. <laughs> Theoretically. He's pissed. He still hasn't gotten over it. Apparently not. Like, just get over it, dude. Yeah, man. You're going to meet some chick who can move things with her mind pretty soon. Like, that's cool. <laughs> and then you're going to go to Manhattan, <laughs> and then you're going to go to hell, and then you're going to go to space. space. <laughs> and then you're going to fight Freddy Krueger. It's going to be awesome. Aren't you excited? <laughs> you should be. He's very good at faking his own death. I have to give him credit for that. He fakes his death in the beginning. 
he is still like faking death right. at the hospital. It was eighty four. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, and see, look, Jason goes to hell the final Friday. Oh wow! <laughs> How many times do we have "final" in the title? I don't think the movie makers know what "final" means. Well, there's still money on the table. The sort of final. So, first first one I actually saw, um, it's got Corey Feldman in it. Corey Feldman. I didn't the, even recognize him. The Feld dog. Feldster. Well, you told me ahead of time, you're like, Corey Feldman's going to be in this. And so, I was kind of looking amongst the teenagers, expecting it to be, you know, kind of like Lost Boys or he something. He shot this, like, on his break from the Goonies. Or, no, 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 so no. little. No, no. This was right before Goonies. And then he shot the Goonies. And then he's in the next... Friday the 13th for like five minutes. Does he become Jason in the next one? Uh, no. Because he seemed like he might be a little bit cray-cray at the end of this. Well, everybody... Jason was killing everybody around him, like all his neighbors. <laughs> Would you be happy? Basically, Corey Feldman's character in this movie is like the PETA of the Hunger Games. He's not a fighter. He's like watching the girls get it. So no, but he makes cool like right. Mass. So it's kind of like that. Like as opposed to frosting, he just uses like Hollywood blood and stuff like that. And he decides the only way to frosting? like frosting. Yeah, like PETA in Hunger Games. Did PETA? What did he use frosting for? Camouflage. Oh, uh, what kind of frosting was that? Cake frosting. It was. Yeah, that was the whole thing. He like grew up in the bakery and watching. Uh, he used to frost the cakes. So when he got to um, the training center, he immediately knew, like, how to do all the camouflage stuff. And she was like, how do you know how to do that? He's like, I frost the cakes. And then when he was, like, in camouflage in the actual games and she almost stepped on him, Mm -hmm. he was like, well, you know, I could maybe frost somebody to death. Where did he, like, have, like, a frosting belt on or something? (laughs) Where did he bring this frosting in? <laughs> no, 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 no. His experience was in frosting cakes, so he used whatever was available to him. <laughs> okay, I was a bit confused for a second. I was like, wait a minute, I don't remember him taking in frosting. <laughs> That's what was really in that silver balloon. It wasn't broth, it was frosting. <laughs> Thank God someone sent me frosting. <laughs> He's like itching to frost like days in. I'm having frosting withdrawal. <laughs> I would have a totally opposite reaction. They would send me frosting and be like, roo, yeah, roo, and I'd eat roo, it. Roo, roo. I'm not going to kill you, but can I frost you something? <laughs> frost a leaf? By the way, now I know that you were saying roo, but I thought you were barking at me. You were like, roo, roo, roo. <laughs> like, no, I was saying roo. <laughs> I got it now. We're friends. Let's frost together. <laughs> you never got to meet roo. I mean, like in the training center, but not in the arena. They were in separate areas. Anyway. Anyway, back to this movie. <laughs> so first one, Corey Feldman, and then it's got the most random dance scene in like any movie you'll see with uh, our buddy Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. Crispin Glover. Like he really went down, like got down with his bad self pretty much. He got down with one of the twins. And by the way, while we're on the subject, twin teenagers, where do you draw the line at dressing alike? There are these two girls in the movie... And it's like the double mint commercial. They just, everything they do, they dress alike. They they move the same way. And I'm like, was this like an 80s thing? Twins dressing alike? I don't think that happens now. Yeah, I was just disappointed Jason didn't kill them at the same time in a really dorky way. But one of them gets it in the raft, and that's good enough. Yeah, like, I don't know what 
especially in this one, I can't remember if it's in all of them, but it seems everyone is drawn to that lake like a magnet. Like, let's get naked and get in the lake. There are endorphins in that lake. Even at night. I want to swim in the endorphin lake. Look, let me swim in this lake at night and then get naked into this blown up raft or whatever. It just happens to be like idly hanging out on the lake. So strange. Which what, what kill do you think was the best kill? What kill was the best kill? Yes. <sighs> hmm. do, do, what was your favorite do, one? Do, 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 do. I asked you. No, I asked you first. I'm waiting. I like the last kill. Because it involves my favorite scene in the movie. What, Corey Feldman going ape shit crazy? Yes. So basically, Jason Voorhees has killed all your neighbors. He, um... Your, mom, your mom's disappeared. She just, like, just fell off the face she, like, went away. Like, we didn't even get to see her die. That was how bad it was. No, she just kind of got she scared was, and then walked out of the house. She, that was it. She was, like, one of the dads on 16 Pregnant. Like, <laughs> just, she, you just never saw her again. Yeah. She didn't send she money. <laughs> she didn't provide any assistance. Um, so, she was gone. So She was, went to go tell off. It was pretty much... <laughs> she had to tell off. You and your sister. Um, and that's it. And he's coming to your house. And he's going to kill you guys so what do you do if you're Corey Feldman well first of all and you, you're like nine years old I don't more. think I would have done what he did which was the, like I said like he pulled a pita and he basically like camouflaged himself to remind Jason of a younger version of no, he Jason didn't, himself he didn't frost himself like pita he said oh my gosh Jason's here with an axe what am I gonna do I better shave my head <laughs> well, it's like, let's go shave my head and dress up and then come downstairs and be like Jason you don't want to do this. Did he dress up? Yes. What did he dress up as? He like put on a ratty sweater and he did like <laughs> eye not, makeup. It's not Freddy Krueger. No, but he did like eye makeup to make himself look sallow. And then he was like, Jason. Remember, Jason, did you used to do this when you were in peril? Did you go upstairs and... You don't want to do this. Shave your head and put on some movie makeup and a, a sweater and... Yeah, right? Re- remember. And then he, he they attacked Jason and this was the first character, Corey Feldman was the first character in the whole movie to be smart enough to, like, not put down the weapon as soon as Jason went down for the count. Because, I mean, that, that's like a, a horror movie kind of thing where everybody goes, oh, good, the killer's down now. I think I'll put down this knife or gun or whatever. And probably within the killer's reach. I think the Friday 13th series contributed to a lot of that. Stuff. Well, Corey was the first one in that entire movie who who did not. He like picked it up right away and held on to Even it. Even the guy that was supposed to be like the Jason Voorhees expert got it in the worst way, where he was in the basement and Jason got him. And so like Jason's hacking him, he's like, uh, 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 and the guy's like, he's killing me. Go, saviors, he's killing me. I thought the shower death was pretty gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's your worst fear. Like, I'm getting clean. I'm being hygienic. Oops. I don't know if it's so much my worst fear. Like, <laughs> I'm not in the shower going, gee, I really hope Jason doesn't come in right now because that would be awkward. <laughs> but it is kind of gruesome. That would be regressing for him, though. He, I mean, like, last time we saw him, he was taking on Freddy Krueger. 
In space. No, they weren't in space. They should have been in space. He came back from space to fight Freddy. <laughs> Why couldn't he have brought Freddy to space? <laughs> that should be the second one. Oh my god. Can they do it like on the shuttle where there's no gravity? Did you see Freddy vs. Jason? No. I just know it exists. Oh my gosh. We're gonna have to watch that. Oh my gosh. It's so random. I didn't see it like that, Chrissy. Oh my gosh. We're gonna have to watch that. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah. So, first movie, Corey Feldman, Crispin Glover. Um, Not first movie, fourth movie. No, it was the first Friday the 13th I saw. So, I saw oh, four, I and then I went one, two, three, and then kept going. Do you feel like... They're all pretty bad. <laughs> then why is this such a popular franchise and, and like, moment in movie history? Because it's like... It's like a, a warm apple pie. No, it's like... The die has been set. It's pretty much the same movie every time. So people are familiar with it and they're like. But people then, go crazy about this. Jason, Jason, no, Fatty, Fatty. I'm like, they're not that good. Fatty? Fatty. I was like, <laughs> how dare you call Jason fat? That's the problem with the media today. Just let him live his life, dude. <laughs> if he wants to go on a diet, he will. If he doesn't... Fatty. <laughs> he doesn't need... He doesn't have to. Yeah, okay. I never thought... <laughs> I never thought of him as being a fatty. <laughs> but I did think of him as being an extraordinarily big guy. Like, there was this one scene where he's wearing the mask in, like, a sweatsuit, basically. You should be skinnier! <laughs> Axe to the face. <laughs> but I thought of your dad. What if he's... What if, Jason might be body dysmorphic. <laughs> you do never see him eating in any of these I movies. I that up. <laughs> I was like, how does he eat through the mask? But... They need to have him, like, stop at, like, a McDonald's drive-thru He's or totally something. on the feeding tube diet. Like, the little feeding tube goes through Jason's mask. <laughs> so he gets his sustenance. It's protein. Like, that's when he takes breaks. He just, like, sits on a stool and a little tube coming out of his I would, mask. I would love for him in his next movie to pull out the camel penis water bottle and be like... Just so you people know what Justin is talking about, he's talking about our new camelback insulated water bottle. And he's calling the bite valve the penis tip that he is joyfully and gleefully drinking out of, by the way. I can't believe I've, I've had, like, a... I didn't even know about this... I've never heard about one before. Well. Camelback. How long has it been around? Um, a while. Credit goes to um, our good to friends give... Danielle and Jackie for... <laughs> you have to give credit. I do. For Just turning answer my question. I don't, well, I don't know. You don't know? Um, a few like, years at least. Okay. So it's not been like 10 years. No. More like five. Okay. Not bad. Good job, Camelback. So, Jason, I know that you're feeling hefty and... Fat in the hefty, midsection. Hefty, hefty. <laughs> See, I was talking about him that. Well, he's in space, man. How much exercise can you get in space? <laughs> no, but I was saying that like there were several scenes that reminded me of your dad. Where it was like, oh my god, if Monty Winners were a killer, it Life. might. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Justin's hand on his face represents the mask. Give me a life quote, and then you know, axes someone to death. I'm going to ask you for not celebrating your life. <laughs> no, but anyway, um, it was just the build, and I was like, oh, man, it's a good thing that, like, 
Monty's awesome because if he weren't, it, he'd be like a really scary Jason type because of his build. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So you call him a dad fat now? No! Jason fat, my dad fat. <laughs> but it reminded me of pictures I've seen of your dad from like Halloween's in the past where he got dressed up in a sweatsuit and like disguised his face. Should we interrupt this uh, review to say the embarrassing thing Chrissy said about our baby this week? What did I say about our, our baby? I said something about a 16 and pregnant baby. Oh, that's right. I didn't say anything about our baby. Well, no, my response is about our baby and about how. Anyway, so anyway. we're watching 16 Pregnant. Do <laughs> oh, you guys no. watch that show? You should be. It's cray cray. Oh, I feel badly. <laughs> and not just for what you're about to wrap me out on, and by the way, misconstrue what I said. I don't have to say but- anything. I'm 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 sad because I feel like we shouldn't be telling people to watch this show since it exploits young girls who don't know their ass from the hole in the ground. Apparently, what? These girls are stupid. What? And their baby dadas are even stupider. It's my story. Be quiet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is girl. It's like a whole hour and a half long episode about yeah. how she didn't know she wanted to give her baby up for adoption. I can't even remember her name, but I remember the daughter's name ended up being Arabella. She lived in Pennsylvania. She did. Her, but anyway. Her baby daddy was like, hi. He was a doofus. All the time. He was always really sweaty, too. Hi. Yeah, he was a doofus. No kidding. Like, pretty much the same. I'm thinking he was another thing that begins with do. Huh? I'm thinking he was another thing that begins with do, not doofus. Douche? Yeah. Why can't you say douche? I don't know. I felt like they were going to come down on me. Who? The iTunes police. For douche? <laughs> yes. The douche police. <laughs> um, so she's like, should I give my baby for adoption? Oh my gosh. I don't have any money. My mom's going to kick me out with a baby. What should I do? I think I could do it. If I but- had some help. <laughs> Here, let me meet these people that want to adopt my baby. They're cool with, like, adopting her two weeks in. Super open adoption. They really want her. Like, they might kidnap her in the dark type thing. And she ends up not giving her baby away. Right. The baby's born, and she basically is like, oh, she's so cute. I have to keep her. And then what would you say? I said, you know... I can't decide, well, maybe it would have been better for her to have given up this baby for adoption, but it's a good thing just for her. It's a good thing this baby's cute. Why? (laughs) Is that what you said? What'd you say? No, I know I'm asking why. Because if it was ugly, it'd be easier just to give it away for adoption. didn't say it quite like that. (laughs) I didn't. I was like... Well, it's a good thing that this baby is cute because it's a natural human thing to fall in love with things that are aesthetically pleasing more than if you don't find something aesthetically pleasing. I have had friends in the past who have said, like, I wasn't sure how I was going to bond with my baby when it was born. Thank God it was cute. Made it much easier. Ha ha, tongue in cheek, jokey jokey, grain of truth. So then I said that and Justin, like, was like, Oh my god, we better hope our baby's cute. Oh my god, Chrissy. No, I didn't say that to you. I was like, Brooklyn, do you hear that? Your mom's... (laughs) She's not going to love you. She's going to want to give you away to the neighbor. Your mom's anti-ugly baby. 
you better not be ugly, Brooklyn. Ugly Babies Anonymous. Let's give it a call. I was like, that's not what I said. I'm. T- oh, I give up. <laughs> anyway, so thanks for that aside. That was fun. So what you're saying was, if you had Jason, who obviously looked like, or is supposed to look like Corey Feldman did at the end of this movie. <laughs> Remember, Jason. Remember. Remember. Bad, 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 bad choices. Bad, bad, bad choices. choices. <laughs> what? I don't remember. Does, now, so, does watching the final chapter, does it make you want to see any other chapters? <laughs> the other non-final chapters? In the space, continuing chapters? In hell? I would kind of like... 3D? I would... Versus Freddy? I, I kind of want to see the Freddy one. Yeah? And a part of me thinks that the space one would be a little funny. So you've seen one Jason versus... Two Freddies. Which one do you prefer? Um, I guess the Freddies. Yes. They're scarier. You've chosen correctly. High five. High five. They do. I mean, they're just scarier. Like this, honestly, I wasn't really scared once watching this. And we talked the entire time. So it was a fun thing to do. And I enjoyed watching them with you because we were giggling. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't scared. I need to find my, my Jason mask. I wonder what happened to it. Oh, the, I remember that mask. Didn't you used to scare our dogs with it? You'd like put it on and Kylie would run away. I think it glows in the dark. It does glow in the dark. That's awesome. <laughs> I remember it was always out too. Like people would come over and they're like, oh, what a cute little part. Is that a Jason mask that you have like next to the couch? And I'd be like. <laughs> oh my God. The guy with the big build in the movie. I'm fat. I need to lose weight, but I'm going to kill people first. (laughs) Oh, no. She's running away. It's kind of hard to chase her. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You want me to tell you the best kill in any Jason movie? Yes. Um, I think it's five. Hell, I don't know. Anyway, (laughs) he catches this girl that's in her sleeping bag. Mm Mm-hmm. And he picks her up. He's really Chrissy. strong. No, Chrissy, this is amazing. <laughs> like, I mean, he might be fat in this movie, but he's really strong. <laughs> she ta- picks up the sling bag, so she's like in it like a bag, and beats it against a tree. That is not awesome. That's horrible. I've remembered it 27 years later. What about the one chick that he like literally threw out of the window like it was no big thing? He was like, wee! Well, no. Well, she deserved that because she was looking out the window too much. <laughs> Those excessive looking out the window. And he's like... That'll teach you to look out the window. I'm going to break through this window and then pull you back out through it. Probably... Right. right. I'm like, who is that strong, though? That from the outside, they can break through in, in, in literally one fell swoop. Practically one-handed, like launch somebody from the inside of a, a maybe, house. Maybe he just he, he was working up to the food. Like he's like, I gotta get this done and then I can eat. <laughs> That's why he was so intent on you know, doing, just getting rid of everyone Maybe really he had quickly. like a Popeye moment. He had had his spinach and was like ah! <laughs> like took this girl on. And at the end where, where Corey Fallon's character was like Remember Jason. He wasn't remember when he used to look like that. He used to remember like the last time he ate it, like the pizza or something. Chili's. All you can eat. <laughs> Chili's. <laughs> Chrissy's favorite restaurant, Applebee's. <laughs> my favorite 
Justin, for years, has been teasing me about this, and I'm really not quite sure why, because I've never said that Applebee's was my favorite <laughs> or even, like, in my top ten list of places that I liked. I don't know what happened. It was like he decided one day that Applebee's was my favorite restaurant. I think we've only been once, maybe. But every time there's a commercial, I was like, Applebee's, your favorite restaurant. I'm like, what is he talking about? Well, now that I've had it going for like seven years, I'm not going to stop. No, I guess not. You're going to confuse our poor daughter. You're going to be like, Brooklyn, guess what? Mom really likes Applebee's. When I get older, when she, when we get older, she's gonna like buy me Applebee's gift cards for Mother's Day. She's gonna be, Daddy said this was your favorite. She's restaurant. gonna be on my side. She's and I'll be like, Brooklyn, Mommy doesn't want us to go to Applebee's. And she'll be like, Why, Mom? Why? If they even have them, then they have great meal deals. What? Of course. What? Yeah, I think Applebee's is your favorite restaurant. Whatever. Okay. So what will be your final grade for Friday 13th for the final chapter? C. C? Yeah. Oh, that's respectful. Let me see my eyes. Okay. That's interesting. Anyway. Shall we move on to... Jason movie. The P.S. de Resistance? Sure. Justin, you took me to see The Cabin in the Woods, now in theaters. Yeah. And it's funny because I didn't know anything about this. Which I think we should... Discuss without spoilers and then discuss with spoilers because I think that's the best way to see it. I agree. All I knew is that it was the movie that played next door to Titanic when I was with Kim and it was really loud. And I kept hearing BOOM like in the background through the thin walls in the movie theater in really inopportune moments during Titanic. And I was like, what is that next door? And I found out it was Cabin in the Woods. The bomb movie. Yeah. Bomb. Well, through the wall, that's what it sounded like. Okay. All right. Like Old Rose is like, 1,500 people went into the ball. <laughs> Got it. Anyway. Dot, dot, dot. <laughs> okay. So, so this movie is a... Do you want to try to explain it? It's a Joss Whedon joint. And you told me that it was on the shelf for years and years and that you'd really wanted to see it, but then it like got sold to Lionsgate and like different um distributors and then finally finally this year they decided to release it yes i don't know why or maybe i'm just living under a rock but i haven't seen any press for this or really any push no publicity trailers i haven't seen anybody from this movie be pitched to our show (laughs) hemsworth he's he should have been pitched no yeah, I, I mean, I, I just, that's why I haven't heard anything. Because when I said I don't know anything about it, you're like, how could you? I'm like, I don't think, I don't know anybody who knows anything about this. And when we went and we sat in the theater, at first we thought we were going to be like the only ones in the theater, us and this old chick. Mm-hmm. And then like maybe six more people filed in. But no, way more than that. Wasn't that much more than that. Okay. What are you leading up to? Why doesn't anybody know about this movie? And why aren't they wanting to see it? Well... We're here to say that you should want to see it. Exactly. Yes. You didn't know if I was going to agree with you? No, I'm just trying to get to the point. Oh. <laughs> Three um, cheers for the point. Just because, I mean, just because you haven't heard of the movie doesn't mean it won't be good. No, that's true. But usually, you know, movies that are, they have something really going for them. They they get some sort of press or publicity. Huh. I feel like this isn't getting its due. 
Well, dagnabbit, it should be. It's it's wrapped in the package of being a horror movie, and the first part of it kind of follows that formula. You know, like, oh, stupid teenagers going on stupid road trip, meet some creepy guy along the way who gives them a warning, you know. Okay. So, in that sense, you're like, oh, it's another one of these. And then it's like the whole story, the whole model actually kind of just gets flipped on its head. Yes. And it becomes a completely different movie than what you first thought it was going to be. But not just story-wise, but um, the direction of it kind of... It, it, I really, I'm not describing it well, but it, it's it literally, it, it's turned inside out. It's flipped on its head. The whole concept. Yeah, so it's flipped on it's flipped on his head and then it the the movie gradually like opens itself cuz at first you're like okay it's just another small story about a couple you know a group of teenagers it's going to be i know what you did last summer in the woods and they 17. start getting killed and then yeah and then i guess like 30 45 minutes in it gets bigger like the story gets bigger than you thought it was and then That's true. it keeps getting bigger and bigger and by the end you're just like Holy crap! That's true. They keep adding layers to it and changing the perspective of who the story is really about. First, you're like, oh, it's about these kids. Then you, you meet that random guy on maybe it's about this guy. No, okay, it's about these kids. Then they add that other layer. It's like an onion. And you go, oh, no, wait a minute. It's about these other people. And then, oh, wait, it's about the people who are in charge of those people. Oh, wait, no, it's back to the kids. Oh, but wait, now it's all about, like, mythology. And, you know, then it gets crazy. <laughs> and, now it's, and, then, and then it's about Sigourney Weaver. Oh, my gosh, Chrissy. What? Nice spoiler alert there. That wasn't... Please, I didn't say anything. Sigourney Weaver is in this. Ooh. Yeah, well, that's one of the spoilers. She hasn't been in any of the press or anything that was supposed to be a secret oh come on really yeah seriously oh well sorry (laughs) sigourney weaver isn't in this (laughs) god you're the worst (laughs) (laughs) oh who cares it's not it's not going to make or break this movie that you know that sigourney weaver is or is not in this movie for a minute she might be in this movie she might be in this movie and it might be for a minute Alright, so, did you like it? Did you not like it? Now that you explain what... Well, I would like to say that it was pretty apparent by everything I've said so far that I liked it. Okay. Um, did you like it a lot? Did you like it a little? It had the Joss Whedon handprint all over it. And I know that he got producer credit, but did he... He didn't write this, did he? Yeah, he co-wrote it. Oh, he did? Okay, thank you. Because I was like, wow, he must have had a really heavy hand in the producing because it just feels like... Uh, like his project. And then now that I know that he co-wrote it, it makes much more sense to me. It's witty in places. It's dry in places. It's really overtly funny in places, but it could also be gruesome and like, Oh, and scary and, uh, interesting. Sexy. I don't know if it's sexy. There's this great scene in this movie, um, (laughs) where, uh, all of the teens are playing truth or dare in this cabin oh, in the gross. woods, and one of uh, the guys dares the the blonde. She fulfills the blonde airhead archetype. 
she <laughs> makes makes out with this wolf wolf head that's on the wall. Stuffed wolf head. Yeah. And they're like, I dare you go make out with the moose. And she's like, do you even know what a moose looks like? And he's like, okay, whatever that like beast is over there. It's a wolf. Okay, fine. I dare you to make out with the wolf. And then she goes over and basically like fillets the wolf's teeth. It almost looked like the wolf was drooling, by the way. Yeah, he was. No, but like for real. <laughs> Justin. It was hot. Oh, Justin. That was a great scene. There are some boobies in this. There are boobies in this. For two seconds, but boobies nonetheless. <laughs> Is that a selling point? Or <laughs> You had said this movie was sexy, and I was like, not really. And then we I was were talking about the chick making out with a wolf head. Oh, oh okay. I thought we were going to go into all the sexy parts of the movie. Well, I think the main girl is kind of sexy. The guinea, she's... The redhead? Yeah. Okay. No. No, I mean, I like her character, and I, I like that she's smarter. <laughs> she's fat like Jason. No, I like that she's not fat at all. I like that she's um, strong and smart and, you know, kind of has a good, strong head on her shoulders. I wouldn't say that her character is sexy, but it's not supposed to be. I mean, not that she's unsexy either. She's just, that's not her thing. She plays the virgin... Quote, end quote. Esque... Yeah. Virgin in quotes. Virgin in quotes. We work with what we have. But by far, far and away, my favorite character was the pothead. Oh, yeah? Oh, come on. Wasn't he yours? Well, because he was pretty much the the avatar for the audience as we're watching. and You're very into calling people avatars for some <laughs> somebody else lately. That's like your thing. You don't call me the mother of your child. You're like, you're Brooklyn's avatar. And I'm like, okay. She's inside you, controlling. <laughs> Apparently Brooklyn is somewhere, like, in a pod, asleep. And, like, this is the blue world that she's dreaming of, and I'm her avatar. <laughs> Except it's funny, because that's really the definition of avatar, and I don't think that's what you mean it as. You mean it as, like, the machines that the army guys get in and, like, use as rock'em sock'em robots. Yeah. Those aren't avatars. Similar. Okay. <laughs> you see the movie again? Uh, anyway, so this this movie has like an upstairs-downstairs quality to it. Like Downton Abbey. Like Downton Abbey. And I think uh, the guys that play downstairs are really awesome in this movie. Two of my favorite character actors... Wouldn't they be the upstairs? Huh? Wouldn't they be the upstairs? No. No? They'd definitely take an elevator down to oh, get there. Oh, well, technically. Technically? But they're like the the puppeteers, so I would imagine them as being the upstairs people. Because they're puppeteering. Whatever. They're on a different place. <laughs> they're the guys... Okay, so so basically, now that we've said Sigourney Weaver's in the movie, we could pretty much talk. We, She's might be in the movie. We didn't say. I know we've talked about this in an entertaining way. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. It's like hard to talk about this movie without exactly. That's why I'm like, I like this character because I'm trying not to give too much away. Okay, so basically, if you have an inkling of wanting to go see this, you should. It's a good movie. Go see it. 
And then don't listen to the rest of this podcast. Yeah. Enjoy the fact that Joss Whedon wrote a good script, that it was well executed, that it was relatively well act- acted by the kids in it, and that um, some characters will really stand out for you. Um, I mean, this is sort of like um, very, you know, different and groundbreaking, sort of like Scream was, but this one actually takes it a level past Scream and kind of mocks Scream in the way. I feel like it was more mocking of like I know what you did last summer. Well, that franchise and and for and the Friday Thirteenth and right Larry Elm Streets and and that movie with Paris Hilton. I thought of that several times. Paris Hilton. Remember when she was in a horror movie? Oh, uh, House of Wax. Yes, I feel like this kind of <laughs> subtly pays homage to House of Wax. Did you see House of Wax? Yes. You did? Yeah. You made me watch it. We were I was still living at, at home at the time because I was a youngin' and you brought it and you were like, let's watch this. And I was like, okay. And then I like, fell asleep a few times. <laughs> My how times have not changed. <laughs> Eight years later, still falling asleep at movies. All right. So, spoiler station. Chrissy? Hmm. So, explain to me what was going on in this movie. Okay, so, these kids are going to a cabin in the woods that apparently Chris Hemsworth's cousin has bought and given them use of. They're driving in an RV to get there. They meet a really creepy guy along the way who doesn't, like, warn them about the place, but he's, like, more like, creepy things happen there, and I'm a war hero, so shut the fuck up. And then they're going down a tunnel, and then you see that it's almost like a glitch in the Matrix. Like, there's something... That when they go through that tunnel, you're like, oh. I tell you to narrate the whole movie. Well, no, I have to do this part to get to the main thing. <laughs> and then, so you already know something is like awry. Like there's a puppeteer or something. Then the pothead keeps talking about it. He's like, I feel like we're like in some sort of weird show, man. We're like puppets and there's a puppeteer. And everybody's like, hee, 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 party, party. What are you talking about? And sure enough, there is a whole separate, what Justin was calling the downstairs Part not attached to the house. It's like Friday the Thirteenth meets the Truman Show meets the Hunger Games. It looks like the Men in Black headquarters, basically. And then they sit there, and you Men realize Men in Black is also a good comparison too. Yeah, and you and it's like you realize that it's this this cabin in the woods is actually a well orchestrated and controlled government project. And no, it's uh, yes, that's exactly what it is. Well, in the Hunger Games way, it's basically there's um, a global event once every year where several different cities across the globe have to sacrifice, you know, a number of people to. Appease the gods. Right. Because otherwise they're just going to wipe everyone out and start over. Exactly. So every... Evil has to reign, basically. Every year they all participate and, you know... It's counterintuitive because if good triumphs, everyone dies. Because in other countries, like Japan, they like... Have one of those, you know, crazy Japanese ghost things that you see in, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar movies. Scare the crap out of all these little elementary school girls. And then 
you would think that, you know, they're all going to die. And somehow they have like a kumbaya moment and like send the ghost away. And that is equivalent, though, to a fail. Like, goodness cannot triumph. It has to be evil triumphing or we all die. Everything has to be predictable. Like, the same thing pretty much needs to happen every time for the gods to be appeased. Right. And 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 apparently they insinuate that the gods only need to be appeased by at least one city for it to work, right? Well, yes. Or it's really a race. It's like whichever... It's like the arms race, except it's like the death race. Whichever country, you know, comes up with the scenario that in which, through their own choices, evil triumphs. Yes. Because it's important, apparently, that even though the stage is set, that the people involved have to make their own choices. Which, as like a science fiction slash... I guess that's more like science fiction than horror. Psychological. Yeah. Anyway, that's cool in itself. And then, and then like the flip side of it is Whedon and I guess Drew Goddard, the directors, and then Drew Goddard directed are saying that all, you know, all the scary movies are pretty much the same thing. We're getting all force fed the same, you know, BS every single time. Right. And we get angry when that, like, cookie cutter type thing is, is is messed with. That's true. And we're the gods. We're the gods. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Metaphors. So if the pothead survives longer than the virgin, we're pissed. Right. The virgin is an optional death. She can either, like, live or she can die, but she has to be the last one standing either way. Nice. But basically, all this movie is is worth it just to see when um, the, the teens, how many of them are left to figure this out, actually figure out what's going on within the movie, and they converge with the other side of the movie and kind of what are you the doing? paths cross the alarm is sounded and all of these which by the way that's one of my favorite shots of the movie when they actually the, the is it downstairs or upstairs I don't know I'm calling the upstairs people the puppeteers the men in black people okay because that makes sense to me puppeteering is above the stage they actually place bets on what evil being or spirit. Right. And they have like a, a whiteboard with all these things. That was very Hunger Games. Anyway. You're right. There are some Hunger Games-esque sort of things going on here. So when when the movie goes from, you know, 30 miles an hour to 60 miles an hour when all these beings are let loose, it's like, whoa! Well, it's interesting because it, basically in putting these kids in this cabin in the woods, it's not just like, oh, a killer is going to come after them. They kind of coax them all into the basement where through free a mistake of actions, yeah, of free choice, they basically conjure up. Redneck zombies. Exactly. Redneck killer zombies. But the people who in the control room are kind of like betting on what's going to come after them. There, it, there's like a list of like 60 things that could possibly be. 
depending on whatever the kids down in the attic or in the basement, excuse me, picked up or, you know, chanted or happened to accidentally say. And there's a whole bunch of them, like just regular zombies, Burman. Oh my God, it's like Ghostbusters. What? It's like Ghostbusters where in the, at the end where it's at the top of the building and uh, she's like, choose your destroyer. And Bill Moore, and they're like, don't think of anything. Don't don't think about anything. Don't put any thought oh, in your head. Yeah. And Dan Aykroyd's character thinks of uh, Stay Puff. Yeah, that's true. And that's why Stay Puff comes to kill them. No, that's true. You've got a point. So they inadvertently choose redneck zombies, and that's what comes after them. Yeah. Violent redneck zombies. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Seriously redneck and seriously zombie and seriously Kind of overweight, violent. need Weight Watchers, redneck zombies, <laughs> according to Chrissy. What are you talking... I didn't say well, anything about them being fat. But that one guy who's swinging around like a bear trap, he had to... He couldn't be too fat. Oh, my God. Swinging around a bear trap sounds like the best idea ever if you're trying to hurt someone. Never thought about it until now, but now, and now I'm kind of like... Maybe I should keep a bear trap under my bed in case an intruder comes in. That way I can swing it. Or how about let's not because you hurt yourself <laughs> just like... And because I don't like bear traps. Walking around. That's true. And Maggie would find it. Yes. Or our unborn child. Was she going to climb out and find it? <laughs> no, when she's out. When she's born. <laughs> in a few months, she's going to find it. No, I... I Clearly, I'm kidding, and it would never have a bear trap in my house. I'm just saying. You better be kidding, Chrissy, because we're not having a bear trap. It's an effective way to hurt somebody if you were defending yourself. Well, if the apocalypse comes... Yes. We should drive really fast to Home Depot and... And what? Buy some bear traps. Hire some people? Like... Hire some people. (laughs) Hire some people who will then buy us bear traps, and hopefully they'll return them to hey people standing outside home depot getting the rav <laughs> the sky's <laughs> falling don't you want to go buy some bear traps <laughs> haven't you seen cabin in the woods and then one we guy can't turns- just have one under the bed we have a baby and a dog <laughs> and then this one friend turns to his other friend and goes como se dice cabin in the woods <laughs> I, I have not heard of it, it hasn't got lots <laughs> lots of uh you know play and advertising She's saying she wants us to build a cabin in the woods? I don't know. Come on. Like, Lionsgate, you just got the golden goose of Hunger Games. It's made, like, $50 trillion. Right. Throw a couple bones at promoting Cabin in the Woods, why don't you? Seriously. I tried to even... I called my mom the other day. Like, why was it sitting on the shelf? It's really good. It is. And I tried explaining it to her, not, like, in depth, but... And she was like, what is this movie? I'm like, oh, I never even heard oh of it. Oh, my God. We should take your mom to see Cabin in the Woods. She would love it. She would love it. I want to see it again. It's one of those where... Again? Right when I got out, I was like, I want to see it again and again and again. You also want to see The Hunger Games again. We have too many things we want to see again. See, this is the problem when there's so many good things out to see. Luckily, I'm going to have a lot more free time in a little bit, so I'm going to have to do like one of those uh, uh, solo marathons. Must Uh, be nice to have all that time off. Well, it's been a while. That's true. No, I'm happy for you. I'm just jealous. (laughs) Jealous. Jealous. Is there uh, so were there any certain scenes that uh, stuck out that you were just like, I love the scene. I think it's my favorite. <laughs> just like that too. I'm gonna learn how No. 
Uh, honestly, like they're. Did you like uh, the R- Richard Jenkins Bradley Whitford characters? Yes, I like the building of the tension, and then how we would like get a break from that by having them come. You know, and it wasn't like they were slapstick or comedy and there for relief. No, but they broke it up, and I, I kind of liked the back and forth of that. They were like the game makers of this movie. Yes. As opposed to necessarily picking a scene out, I mean, like this movie st- or the scene in this movie stood out for me. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like that. I could, I could say, kind of, I think, with conviction, that any particular scene in this movie stood out for reasons A, B, and C. But you know, it, it was all kind of on par with each other. It's not like this scene sticks out and the rest of it was just okay. It was like it's almost like an EKG thing where there, everything was good. Just different degrees and in different ways. But it was like going, the tension was building so much yes. that the EKG was going up and up. Yes. Especially towards the end. Especially towards the end. It's true. Indeed. Did you have a favorite scene? I like the whole thing, man. Exactly. Like, it's, it's, I mean, it's prime audience are the people that have seen a lot of Horror movies. That's true. Much. If you're a novice when it comes to the genre, or um, yeah. if because if you don't, you'll just be like, "This is this is kind of weird. This is different. Why are they making like what is all this?" I also feel like, in a way, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Mm-hmm. It helps that it was on the shelf for so long and that it came out in a post Hunger Games world because. I mean, almost everybody has now either seen that movie or read one of those books, mm-hmm. and there's this more cultural kind of understanding of, you know, throwing people in a game for blood sport and, you know, game makers basically puppeteering the whole thing. Whereas if this would come out a few years ago, I mean, it would have been viewed as obviously incredibly avant-garde and different, but people would have been more like, seriously? Like people put together, it's almost like a game. There are people cheering. That's so maudlin, you know? And I don't know. I just feel like, because the, not that the Hunger Games paved the way, because it's not like that. Obviously, chicken came before the egg, but it just kind of helped, I think, for the audience when you're slightly familiar with that that tone of what they're trying to do. True that. So there you go. It was in a way a good thing that it was on the shelf until now. Um, it was also. I mean, it seems like a singular movie. Like you're not like. Oh, I can't wait to see Kevin Woods too. I was just going to talk about that. Why? Because I was going to say, do you think they're going to try to cash in and make a sequel? That would be pretty hard considering how they ended it. Well, I, I mean, I guess they could do it from another perspective of one of the cities. That's true. Because obviously there was lots of stuff going on. But then it would be a foreign film. <laughs> Then it would be a foreign film and those... Well, it would be subtitled. I mean, and people don't, unfortunately, like to go to subtitled movies because they don't like to read. It's true. It's sad, people. You should read. You should read. Books. And movies with subtitles. And movies with subtitles. Indeed. So what do you give this movie? Like, huh? What do you give this movie? Oh, I'd probably give like an A-. minus. Me too. Wow, twinsies for life. High five. Now I really want to see it again. Now that I know that you want to see it again. <laughs> we'll take your mom. Okay, we'll take my mom. She'll enjoy it. Well, considering we took your mom and like, I think two Easter's in a row or we went to see Planet 
uh, not Planeteer, Grindhouse. Oh, she loved Grindhouse. And then we went to see The Mist. She also loved The Mist. It's funny because I didn't want to see The Grindhouse again. I'm like, oh, Grindhouse. You were like, your mom's going to love it. And you and my mother were like, yeah, loving Grindhouse. I remember when I was sitting there like, is it, okay. Yeah, we're soul buds. Definitely. So we'll have her see that. And maybe when she finally reads The Hunger Games, because I've given her that book and she's had it for like a year, then we'll let her see that. We're going to have to get a bear trap on her, get her read this quicker? I don't think I like the idea of having a bear trap and my mother in the same sentence. <laughs> we just put it like on the other side of the room like read Hunger Games or and then just point at the bear trap. She'd be like, what? Or what? Justin, are you saying that's for me? <laughs> Where's Katie? Oh, what? what? <gasps> Justin! We are not talking about the little terrier getting caught in a bear trap. You are horrible, and I want a divorce. People need to read. What does that have to do with... <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. So done. Brooklyn, we're leaving. <laughs> Brooklyn, don't leave. She has to. She's going where I go. Well, you are her avatar. <sighs> you need to see Avatar again, too. Put that on the list. Actually, you're more like the um, that alien creature in Men in Black, the little alien inside, the the bigger alien with like controls and stuff. Basically, I'm like a nesting dolls, and then like oh, yeah, it's like an alien where little out nesting it. dolls on the inside. What are those dolls called? Nesting dolls. Don't they have a Russian name as well? Those, exactly. <laughs> I miss them. Okay. Um, what are you doing? Messing around with my hair tie? Am I bothering you? No, I can't even see you. Chrissy's wrapped up in her freaking snake pillow. It's, it's my snoogle. Your snoogle. Well, it's wrapped up behind my head. And so I feel like I'm kind of like encased in fluff. I can see you above it. I want to go to Harry Potter Land. Justin keeps trying to get me to go to Florida, and I'm like, really? No. Well, I'm, I guess I'm resigned to the fact that I won't be able to go to Florida until I can take Brooklyn. There you go. But maybe I guess Harry Potter Land will be here in L.A. by then. I'm sure it will be. They're going to break ground, I think, break ground on uh, Universal Hollywood soon. Universal Hollywood. Yeah. There's only one there. What are they breaking ground on for? For Harry Potter. Oh, I wonder when it's going to be like, we can go there by year, two years? I don't know. You'll have to look it up. They need to build fast. Me and Brooklyn will go by ourselves. She needs to read the books first. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to say, she's not going to read all the books before we go to Harry Potter land. <laughs> That'll be awesome, though. She'll actually get to go to the land and then read the books. So there'll be some context. No? Maybe. Depends on how old she is. <laughs> I think we'll have to wait and see on this We're one. We're going to be forcing her to read the books like at two years old. Mommy, I don't want Brooklyn, read the books or... Bear Trap. Bear Trap. Over there in the corner. Terrible. They're going to take this child away from us. We're just kidding. Like a, like, <laughs> Just kidding. like a Hello Kitty bear trap. We'll start her off small. <laughs> Jesus, Justin. 
Do those exist? No, they don't. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, sorry to run long. Hello, kitty. <laughs> Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. You can check us out anywhere you want. We're on iTunes. We are. I don't know what happened. We just, we totally just jumped off the the diving board into the deep end of the pool. We need a vacay. And we landed all the way in the shallow end. We need a vacay. Yeah, we do. Anybody want to sponsor us? Sponsor a vacay, guys. Sponsor our baby moon. If you sponsor it, we'll talk about it. Oh my God, we will. We'll spend a whole podcast talking about you. Sponsored by. <laughs> this podcast is sponsored by the Rich Benefactor. Camelback bought water bottles. With a penis valve. All right, guys. <laughs> Say bye. Goodbye. <laughs>